0: I'm ducking out, you're ducking out, let's duck out together, see what it's all about.
2: Hi, and welcome to Diking Out, a podcast where a couple of dykes dike out each week about trending news, and then we also invite a special guest to dike out with us about a topic that is relevant to the lesbian, gay, bisexual, all the all the sexuals all uh, world, except heterosexual. <laughs> the show's not for you. I'm Carolyn Berchier.
1: <laughs> and I'm Sarah York. And today, we are diking out with Sarah Kennedy.
2: She is the host of the Dwellin' on Ellen podcast, and we'll tell you a little bit more about her later.
1: Um. So a little intro about who Sarah and Carolyn are and how we know each other. We are writers together on a show called The Box, which we'll kind of get into a little bit later, I'm sure. Um, we're the resident homosexuals on the writing staff.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I... Approach Sarah mm-hmm. about uh, wanting to do this podcast for lesbians about being lesbians because uh, there's there's a lot to it. Yeah, there uh, is a lot to it. It's not as easy as they make it look on TV. Yeah. <laughs> so there are a lot of different not topics. as easy as it looks
1: on YouTube porn. <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> not as many press on fingernails. So. Uh, yeah, we want to set the record not straight. Yeah. <laughs> I like that, and uh, <laughs> kind of dive into different areas and just yeah. talk about like what's what's relevant to to lesbians week to week. Mm-hmm. Uh, get a lot of cool guests to dike out with us. But yeah, in in the time since I brought it up to Sarah to do this podcast. I have gotten divorced and remarried which you is have. more of a reflection on how quickly I got divorced and remarried than <laughs> on how long it took us to do this. But yeah, there there's a lot to cover. So yeah, I am I am a a married uh lesbian American and uh I'm very very proud of it, very yeah. happy to be gay. Yeah. Uh the alternative is terrifying to me. Yeah. <laughs> Very... The alternative
1: is so sad to me, like I have so many straight female friends, and I look at them like they're they're like these foster dogs that are that are going on like week fifty eight in the shelter, and you're like oh that's it's gonna happen for you. I can't help you. I don't have the time <laughs> or the energy. I'm sorry, my schedule's crazy, but like you're gonna <laughs> find someone. I know you will it's a rough world out there um I am also uh, super gay, and uh I am in a relationship um with a woman who was straight until we met. So that's something we can talk about later, but
2: <laughs> Yeah, that will definitely be a future topic. Um Dating straight ladies, mm-hmm. uh, we'll we'll hit on that a, a tiny bit today. Uh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> We're gonna have an entire episode probably devoted to that particular topic later. I'm sure.
2: Yeah, I think we can uh, get right into it. So, so a couple things that we saw in the news this week. For someone bring up, um, Tignataro came out um, and. Sort of uh, came out strong against Louis C.K., not uh, mentioning him by name more to be, I guess, a little bit uh, polite, but Louis C.K. has been accused of in the past of uh, masturbating in front of female comics, Mm -hmm. which are his colleagues. So um, imagine any other industry of (laughs) someone you work with closing you into a conference room with them and being like, hey, we have a meeting, and then like whipping out his dick and jerking off. That's horrifying. (laughs) But a lot of men in comedy do not see this as... Like a workplace or they don't consider female comics their colleagues so they think that um, a lot of times that women are just there for their own enjoyment Mm -hmm. uh, and to be their audience to either bad jokes or jerking off (laughs) and that's not the case and and this is especially interesting because uh, Louis C.K. is kind of credited with launching Tignataro into the mainstream uh, when she had her famous set at the Largo where she came out talking about having cancer her and her mom dying and all that great set called tignataro live yep uh, yeah i i'm laughing because it's like it looks like tignataro live but oh, she's okay. like no it's live yeah <laughs> don't die <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And, yeah, I mean, Louis C.K., like, obviously, whenever you, uh, for the most part, come out with allegations Mm -hmm. of sexual misconduct uh, around men, nothing happens to them. And Louis C.K. is still um, getting paid top dollar at the top of his game and hasn't really denied these uh, allegations. Yeah, I was going to say,
1: what's his – I mean, he hasn't really formally said anything about this because I've – this has been kind of like – in it's like been like in the news orbit in the comedy world i think for at least a couple of years right yep. like a year or so until the actual solidified rumor you know not it it went from being kind of a rumor in the community as like this fucking happens and he is doing these things um i don't i mean do you think he's going to even does he have to fucking address it is he just going to get like he i think that's sort just how of, this
2: is he sort of addressed it by saying i don't have to address <laughs>
1: How very
2: uh, Louis D.K. of him. Yeah, and th- that's a nice privilege to have yeah. uh, where you don't think you need to address it. And then somebody called them out on it and he wanted to get that person's phone number or something weird like that to to talk to them about it and nothing really happened from there and then it just mm-hmm. kind of got swept under the rug and, you know, but before it even came out it was just kind of a thing that, that comics knew and um, Sarah Kennedy and I are, are, are both stand-ups and um, you... Hear this: these rumors that go around, and then it usually takes like um, a, enough accusations where someone actually yeah. takes it public. But for a while, you you get murmurs of people who are are being creeps and like beyond creeps, like sexual assault. That's yeah,
1: like actual creditor Predator status for sure, which I believe whipping your dick out in the middle of a <laughs> room should qualify <laughs> yeah. when there are other people in the room.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, who who are unsuspecting. No.
1: Uh, so for you two, then as like I'm not a stand up I've never done it um as gay women in stand up particularly what's the what's like your general vibe from like the straight male comedy crowd like are they do they kind of bro out with you a little bit or try to like how does that work
3: I mean I think I've I've gotten a lot more broy outy moments where they're just like yeah you me man just looking over there and then I'm like not nah, it's not like that yeah <laughs> yeah i haven't
2: had too too much of that I actually got more of that in the in the actual workplace. my first job out of college um, the the one the boss man there would uh, send around an email like at Christmas time of like all these topless women in uh, in Santa hats I'm not kidding <laughs> and he oh my god I think this guy's been deported I don't even think he, lives <laughs> yeah. anymore. he was he is terrible and he sent this around and I'm the only woman on the email and it's all the men and me. And I'm like, why did you send me this email? And he's like, oh, you like tits? And I'm like, I'm not a man. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I like no, I, I I'm attracted to the humans that they might be attached to. Possibly not all of them, but what?
2: Yeah, I like, I don't I don't just sit around objectifying women. Yeah. Uh, and if I want to see see boobs, um, I look in a mirror every day. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's cool. It's not yeah. a big thrill. And yeah, so uh, I, I actually I wrote a sketch one time about that where it's like men uh, want to treat you as like one of the guys, not realizing that like we're we're not like one of the guys. Like we we love women, but we don't like cat call women. Right. Exactly. You know, we don't think that women exist purely for our <laughs> enjoyment and our amusement. Um, yeah. We treat them like humans yeah. and, and equals, which is why lesbians are better than <laughs> um, most people.
1: <laughs> Which is really the general theme of this whole podcast. So. Yeah, yeah. If
2: you're going to be listening to, to Diking Out, I hope yeah. you're on board with recognizing the um, superior nature of, of lesbians right. specifically and, and how we treat people. So, yeah. so related to the Louis C.K. thing, it was great mm. that that Tig came out um, about that. And it's also this thing where I've, I'm very choosy about the the men in my life mm-hmm. and the male friends that I have um, because I have no tolerance for having predators right. <laughs> or misogynists in my life. Um, so any of my male friends, if you're listening, um, you, you do have some sort of stamp of approval. You made it. You made it <laughs> um, because I literally don't like most men. Right. Uh, most, <laughs> most men. I'm just kind of tolerating yeah. you uh for mostly <laughs> That's business our purposes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but I will ad- admit um that that some are all right and those yeah. are the ones that that I'll associate with like so good on on Tig for being like I don't Absolutely. I don't care how you know how famous Louis CK is and what repercussions this has for for my career I'm going to yeah. let people know that like no I'm not going to tolerate um, having a sexual predator, and it, it's unfortunate that he's like the executive producer of her show, right? But apparently has no involvement in it. Be beyond that, it's just kind of um, him, like yeah. peeing on his
1: territory, I guess. It's a bold move on her part, especially when she has such like pr- such a personal stake in in his relationship with her. In a way, I mean, at the, I mean, at this point in her career, she's pretty well established. But like, it, I don't know. It's it's one of those things. It's like these men that do things in their careers that are good either personally for you or for like the broader world at what point are we letting them get away with something because their body of work is because I mean there are there are aspects of Louis C. K.'s act that I've that I've enjoyed so much over the years because he does kind of acknowledge that women are like in some in some ways he has jokes and bits that talk about how women are like these stronger the the stronger you know species and and the like he jokes about women putting up with men, like why the fuck would any woman want to put up with a man, that kind of thing, and then he goes and does shit like this. It's like, oh, like you're you're so good in some ways, and then you fucking do these terrible things, and now I hate you. And it's I don't know. It's yeah. it's hard to kind of like reconcile that with someone that you consider. I'm I personally have been a fan of his, uh, like with asterisks after for a long time. Yeah. Um, but this is just like now I'm just like all right. You go in the pile with the rest of them, like yeah. You just it,
2: can't. it validates that instinct to be suspicious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. all male members of <laughs> society, because yeah. even if they seem like they they understand that that women are mm-hmm. humans and they understand the the challenges that we face on a daily basis, that that's not going to stop them from whipping their dicks out. Yeah, and uh, in, a, in a
1: figurative or in this case, quite literal yeah. sense. <laughs>
2: But then somewhat related to that, um, Mm -hmm. most lesbians are familiar with Joss (laughs) Whedon. And this one was kind of a tricky one for, for me this week. I felt like I've been um, defending Joss Whedon online a lot, which I hate to do. I hate defending men. <laughs> <They> de- <laughs> you do. They don't need, they don't need us. No. Uh, every time I see women coming to the defense of men, I'm like, they don't need you. No. <laughs> they don't need women defending them. They literally do not need them. us for any of that. Uh, but it, it is unfortunate that uh, he's now, kind of being conflated with Louis C.K. because the new like these articles came out around uh, the same time this week, and I think it was IndieWire or something. Mm-hmm. It had like the two of them, and then some other dude with a beard uh, <laughs> being like, "Oh, look at these terrible men who um, pretend to be feminists." Now, uh, to to get you up to speed with Joss Whedon, if you're not familiar, his wife wrote basically a, a letter to the public being like, you don't know who Joss Whedon really is. He was um, a serial cheater mm-hmm. um, in our marriage over 15 years. He was cheating on me with a bunch of people and uh, with young actresses and people that he worked with. And he used feminism as kind of this shield to... Keep himself covered and and um, mask this behavior. And it, for first, I, I thought that that was kind of a,
1: a very malicious letter yeah, mm-hmm. to send
2: out. Kind um, a
1: low blow on her part. Like, it was just... Yeah, he, he was terrible. Uh, but, but I do
2: think what happens in a relationship, as long as it's not illegal, as long as you're not... Um, and like no and, one's really
1: a victim in any way. I mean, she... Yeah, I mean, uh, emotional,
2: emotional uh, yeah. abuse is, is terrible. And also being cheated on is, is horrible. And it's mm-hmm. a traumatic thing. Unfortunately, it's not an uncommon thing and i know uh, a lot of people who i think are phenomenal humans who cheat and it's a very complicated thing and it's um sometimes it's like a survival tactic yeah. <laughs> uh it's people who can't confront the situations they're they're in and they they don't have the proper tools for dealing with it so then they they act out in this way there there are a lot of reasons that that people cheat mm-hmm. i'm not pro cheating but i'm also don't think that we should uh, demonize people because yeah. uh, m- most most cheaters, uh, I think, are s- somewhat re- remorseful of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they love the fact that they're doing it unless they're one of those like Wall Street bros, uh, <laughs> right? <laughs>
1: or something, and it's like a badge of honor. Or something. Yeah, yeah. So, and jo- like, and I'm this is like we'll find out over the course of this podcast the many ways in which I should have my lesbian card revoked, <laughs> but I am woefully unfamiliar with. Joss Whedon's most popular work, Buffy, obviously, um, like Firefly, some of the other stuff. Yeah. And I know he... Do you know
3: his, like, unpopular
1: work? Uh, no. <laughs> I'm only into the stuff he did in high school. Oh, the, yeah. The
3: Avengers? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. I am uh, actually familiar Lion with that. Lion King 2. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, so, as far as Josh, Joss, Joss Whedon and his work, like, in the kind of feminist realm what like what's what's he most like what's the whole thing there so i he's, he does good i mean he's a good yeah, character I've, writer right like
2: i've never been a a Joss Whedon super fan per se i love buffy mm-hmm. um i've watched the series through uh, a f- a few times probably at this point point. and when when buffy came out it was definitely you know a time when there weren't a lot of strong female characters on tv and and yes you know now everyone's scrutinizing his work and being like 10 times Jess Whedon was problematic with his feminism. Here's the thing, though, with... it, We're never going to get a perfect male ally. Yeah. We're never going to get a perfect female ally. It's hard to expect um, perfection out of an ally. And if we attack people who I think their intentions are good... I mean, I think you can call out people and try to educate them and Mm -hmm. try to bring them along. But to do this whole, like... Just really crucifying yeah. them over, you know, just maybe some ignorance on their part. But yeah. one thing, I mean, for for lesbians, I think Joss Whedon and, and Buffy the Vampire Slayer was really important because the storyline of the relationship of Willow and Tara was the first time really that you had this... Very like a long-term lesbian relationship. It wasn't a sweeps thing. It wasn't just like one kiss, one episode. Okay. They were in a in a committed relationship, and they were treated like a normal relationship. It wasn't okay. like look at these lesbians. It wasn't created for uh, the male gays, um, and and it had like some nods to it. You know, like Xander, I think made a couple of creepy comments <laughs> about it, but 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 it felt like very real uh-huh. and it, they were they were treated with humanity and not as something that was like totally weird and they were like loved and supported by um by their friends okay. and by their family okay. and it was so important to to see that
1: especially for young viewers you know like i mean yeah. we grew up with basically no representation on television that i can think of at all and that that would have been probably the only thing as, like, a teenager that I would have saw and thought, like, oh Yeah, no. it was, like,
2: that and Once and Again. Oh, I think, yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> what is Once and Again? Oh, my gosh. Oh. <laughs>
2: uh, Misha Barton and... Um, Evan Rachel Wood. Evan Rachel Wood. Really? What? Evan they're, Rachel they're Wood? They're little babies. Yeah. They're really, really, Little babies really really? with feelings for each other. Oh, my and God. And passing notes and um, <laughs> having emotional moments. Um, but that it never really played out. Too much past um, the one kiss, right? Yeah, the okay. show got
3: canceled. <laughs> right as they were like really becoming like a couple. Oh, yeah, man. And, and it's also like this big family drama. So there was like a million other storylines going on at the same time. So you'd be like, quick, get to the Jesse and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: that that's one of the best things about uh, YouTube is that you can just watch the lesbian storyline of any show without oh, having yeah. to watch the rest of the show. Well, so it like,
1: takes you a few minutes too.
2: Yeah, like for all the,
1: shows in the history of shows,
2: South of Nowhere. <laughs> I've watched every season but only the lesbian storyline. I have no idea what's going on with Once I watched a full episode and I'm like, who are these people? That's great. <laughs> like, she had two brothers? I know. I was like, why is her brother black? <laughs> what did I miss? <laughs> he wasn't in any of the lesbian storyline.
3: That's why he left the show actually. Do you know that he was really uncomfortable with the fact that they were like very they were diving really deep into that storyline and he left like the second season or whatever
2: or no, the 3rd season. Oh, I or... didn't know that.
3: Hmm.
2: Wow. So Josh Josh we like I it obviously takes some type of you know, being in tune with feminism mm-hmm. to write these characters like this. Who... Especially like
1: 15, 20, uh, what is it? It's about 20 years ago since yeah. Buffy premiered, right? Like yeah. 97 or 98 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it's like, it really bothered me when I saw the article where Joss Whedon and Louis C.K. were in the same photo because mm-hmm. I was like, how the, f- in what fucking world are we, Are like, are we putting a guy who whips his dick out and jerks off in front of people who did not ask for that and don't want it. How are we like putting him in the same box as someone who did something that is not necessarily, it's not good obviously, but it's like not fucking that. It's not, he didn't victimize anybody. He cheated on his wife. That's, that's shitty and that sucks. Yeah. But like being a bad husband doesn't somehow negate or erase the important things he's done creatively, which is different than saying being a, fucking serial, like, predator does kind of negate some of the good things you've done. Like, like yes. I think Louis C. K deserves to lose some of his cred for, like, as far as his work goes because of the things he does. Whereas Josh Sweden, I think you can look at these things, you can look at someone being a shitty husband and, of you know, an active feminist, like a creative feminist and not it's not like a zero sum thing i don't think in his case
3: i will say though that in the in the letter that his wife wrote uh she mentioned times where he was talking to her about how his power was bringing all these girls around and that he felt like a uh, god and like yes. he was oh, okay. so there, in a way know. it's kind of like he was not only was he using feminism as a shield sometimes he i kind of as like a like a baiting like, thing or
2: like, yeah, a, like after a, a while device. it just kind of became oh, this yeah so okay. so there there is that. that where there are these power dynamics in in Hollywood yeah. where mostly men wield a lot of influence and then they have a lot of women coming to them where they don't they don't have to be an active predator yeah <laughs> their like their position of power is is drawing these People in, and I definitely think that carries a responsibility with it. When you have power, comes responsibility, and if you are uh, taking advantage more or less, and of young women who are, you know, new to the business and whatever, and aren't.
1: Were they saying that he was using it as like a? Like a like sort of a pickup artisty kind of way. Well, or we, like, we
2: don't know. That's the thing. So nobody else. It it wasn't like this letter came out and then all these people yeah. came out and said, "Oh yes, he totally used his feminism to lure me in." That's why I'm kind of like maybe we need to back off of this because this is the word of a, a scorned woman who right. I totally. Her anger is valid. Yeah. Uh, it's really shitty. I feel very sorry for what she went through. I can only imagine how traumatic that was. I've had friends who were in relationships and found out that they had been cheating cheated on with many, many mm-hmm. women and it is it's definitely traumatizing. And yeah. it's terrible. And you're like,
1: especially when you're a shitty partner, thing your to spouse do. is a famous person and now everyone in the world knows, you know. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It, um it but how does she really know that he was using his feminism that right. way. I don't know. I I, I think it's really making uh, a lot of a lot of assumptions. But I don't think we should revoke yeah. his his, uh, like, his feminist card yeah. and like just yet. I I'm totally willing for anybody to to prove me wrong. But I think we're just so quick to to tear people down.
1: Yeah. And I think writers need to get a little better at. Writing articles like that, like like the IndieWire thing, it's like how yes. fucking lazy are you that you are literally like these darn men? Like, come on, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's like it's, it's kind of yeah. It was that that part annoyed me the most. I think was his treatment in the in that kind of knee jerk reaction from writers. Yeah. So, yeah.
2: Um, all right.
1: Um. So, are we? Do we have any more news stuff to talk about? Th-
2: I mean, I know that you really want to talk about Taylor Swift.
1: <sighs> I do want to talk about Taylor Boy. Swift.
2: So Briefly, though. I'm going to time this. Yeah, yeah. We're not going to get rid um, too much of our I, time.
1: God. All right. So that screenshot of <laughs> this fucking... is. Uh, so I didn't bother to look any further into this because I got so angry about the screenshot. Yes. Is the video released, the music video, or is that just a still promotion? It's a
2: still from the music video that's going to be uh, premiering... Tomorrow night at the VMAs. So if you're listening to this now, the VMAs uh, have already happened, and we don't know how the full video plays out. But the (laughs) but the still, obviously, a lot of people uh, thought it looked a lot like Beyonce. It does look a lot like Formation. And I actually
1: just watched Lemonade in its entirety a few days ago because I do it every once in a while just for self care, Um, (laughs) and because my girlfriend hadn't seen it, so we we watched it, and it's like, I I mean. My, my like, Beyonce fandom is just, I, I'm i obsessed with her, and I'm obsessed with her, the creative direction she went with Lemonade, and I find Lemonade to be one of the most beautiful visual representations of, like, music I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And the director, Melina Matsoukas, also directs Insecure, and, like, she, like, her, her visual, like, her aesthetic and everything that she does, I think, is breathtaking. And of fucking, of course, Taylor Swift has a still from a video that it looks exactly, <laughs> it's, like, in it might as well have been shot on the set that fucking lemonade was shot on and it's just like her this girl's fucking nerve <laughs> i it is unreal she she her ego must could could her ego i feel like could just fucking power an office building for a day like sustainable energy from this woman's fucking nerve i just cannot stand taylor swift i think she the 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 Like, the level, like, the the audacity of her to pick from other people's creative work that directly is one of the most breathtaking things I've ever seen in my life. Yet she continues to be so fucking famous for all this. And I know the album, I'm sure the album is going to be some sort of, like, some sort of, like, reinvention, like, coming out of a cocoon thing, which is kind of what Lemonade was in a lot of ways, was this sort of, like, Beyonce kind of, Coming out of this her this personal struggle that she had had and this huge like this life event that she had that she went through and came and came out of regardless of how you feel about how how she handled it, but she came out of it this different person, and it was just so amazing and i just I can just see Taylor Swift fucking digging her little white fingers and twisting some bullshit like album or some whole personal reinvention thing out of it it drives me absolutely crazy. I cannot stand it.
2: I'm I'm actually really glad she did it because the <laughs> the memes yesterday were crazy. The memes me are up. amazing. My favorite one, fellow comedian Marsha Pelsky, so good. <laughs> posted an image with the lyrics, my My Daddy Pennsylvania, oh, yeah. <laughs> Mama from Pennsylvania. You mix that pencil with that Vania I'm from Pennsylvania. Uh, and
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw I saw one about uh, I've got mayonnaise in my bags. Mayonnaise in or my something. bag. Yeah, when he
2: fuck me good, I take his ass to Pandora. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't have the twitters up to give those people oh credit. My God, but, I know um, a lot of good good Ugh. memes coming out of that. Um, Such a bummer. And when I when I brought this up to you, Sarah, you uh, I was like, you know, this doesn't really have to do with uh, being a big old dyke, but <laughs> you are not convinced.
1: I'm not convinced she's straight. Yeah. I feel like Taylor Swift is, and yes, the, I, I have some, I we have have some validation. have two Sarahs in the room. The two Sarahs agree. Yeah, yes. agree. Um, I think that Taylor Swift is basically, she's she's the girl every, especially every, like, androgynous dykey chick like me is has some experience with, like, the pretty girl who, like, makes out with you. She's the girl who, like, actively dates guys, but, like... Makes out with like the, the androgynous lesbian and then like has a boyfriend but like has the like tries to string along the lesbian emotionally. I feel like she I guarantee she has had some sort of situation. I don't know. I just I feel like mm-hmm. that little posse that she runs with who's the one that that is gay that's her friend? Is it uh Clara Delavine or whatever? Oh, I mean, yeah, Cara, Cara, yes, Cara Delavine. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I just have a feeling. Yeah. It's my instinct, it's my gut instinct. And if in 40 years she comes out, I will be the most excited 71-year-old ever <laughs> in proclaiming that I was right. I don't know. I, I, I just, don't know I'm not if, convinced.
2: I don't know if she would ever necessarily come out but, like, books will be written after she's dead. Mm-hmm. That are yeah. like, you know, her and
1: Carly
3: Kloss were very close friends. Yeah. Like like Whitney Houston. Yeah.
2: Uh, yeah. Except I'm not going to compare Taylor Swift to um, my personal goddess, Whitney Houston. Rest in peace.
1: I love how we all have our goddesses that we're just, like, revealing right now. Like, just so you guys know, we're all super fans of the following.
2: Man, Whitney Houston.
1: <laughs> she's amazing. I'll save
2: that for another time. Yeah.
1: Uh, I don't know. I just, I feel like Taylor Swift is that, it, I think she's probably st- I don't know. I have a hard time using the word "straight" because, like, I think it's because I personally have so many experiences with, with women who identify as straight that it's like they're all kind of straightish, like straightish, like straight. You know, like yeah. you say it, like you trail off at the end, like "oh, she's straight." I, you never complete the word because you don't want to. I mean, it's Ta- not true. <laughs> Taylor
2: Swift does remind me of one of my ex-girlfriends who is now married to a man, and I, I think. <laughs> I mean, she looked a little bit like her, but also it was this kind of playing a victim a little bit and maybe not feeling like... You're not getting enough recognition for what a hero you are. Right. I think that's what how Taylor Swift feels. But but other Sarah, you got excited when we said yeah. Taylor Swift.
3: Well, yeah. What well, are you thinking? I really liked 1989 a lot, a lot, a lot, and I had like a <laughs> lot of hope for who she was because she, also she kind of went through this journey where yeah. she was becoming like the tiniest amount of woke that she could <laughs> do to not alienate her like country base. Right. Or whatever. And I was very excited about that. And then again, her and Carly Kloss, are they're constantly together and I had this like because I like I love like subtexty stuff and so I just kind of like latched onto her Instagram to be like and where are the girlfriends doing today (laughs) (laughs) and so that was I was that was a very fun ride for me and then she just kept making wrong choices and lately she is just there's nothing she's doing right at all No, and that song if you guys have heard the song I was like, okay. Oh, the new one? Yeah. Oh, I, I haven't heard it yet. Oh. Oh, oh boy. I keep, <laughs> I keep trying to listen to it, thinking it's going to get better, or I'm just like maybe missing something. It is. No. So every And it has movements in it, where it's like seven different songs all smashed together. Oh, no. And each movement like gets a little worse every time. And <laughs> yeah. then it gets really, really bad at one point, and then it comes back to just bad. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, I am wow. I mean, we're going to get to hear it a million times. I can't so. wait.
2: <laughs> yeah, eventually it's going to just be in our subconscious uh, at all yeah. times. She uh, reminds me of
1: so many girls I made out with in college <laughs> who are currently married to, like, schlubby guys named Chad or something. I like it. But, like, they all still like all my Instagram photos. It's like, get the fuck out of here.
2: <laughs> T- Taylor Swift, though, she's had... So many boyfriends and has gone through so many men. Like, I'm afraid if you hug her too hard, like, semen would come out. Like, that's how many men she's gone through. Yeah. Um, well, so wh- many of them have to be, like, to...
1: business arrangements, though. Like, oh, <laughs> sure, I, don't know. I think sure. a lot of those were business arrangements. Yeah. Wasn't Jake Gyllenhaal one of them? Yeah. Because and... he's, like, heavily rumored to be gay Yeah, in, yes. in the whole... I mean, I think that was kind of a convenient thing for him. I don't know if he is. I mean, whatever. But Jacob
3: from Twilight was, like, such a... <laughs> It, oh that God, seems like God! The biggest
1: that. business yeah, yeah, yeah. transaction the Taylor, of all time. Taylor, Taylor, Taylor. Welner, yeah, his name yeah. is? Yeah, she's dated some she hotties, tailors. but it's just like, God damn, girl.
2: She's with a Kennedy now.
1: She is. Yeah,
2: not Sarah Kennedy. No. Uh, <laughs> not yet. A different Kennedy. Not yet. Or no, she, she she used to be. I don't. I don't think. Uh, I I might be. No, I think you're right. She I'm dated, not with that. Um, At one point, she was with one of the Kennedy.
1: Um, Wait, wasn't it Schwarzenegger's oldest son? No, no, no. Because he technically is a Kennedy.
2: Yeah, it was was Robert Kennedy's grandson, I think, who's very good looking.
1: Yeah. Well, that's kind of a good segue into talking about our coming out journeys. Yes, yes. on the theme of this of this episode.
2: Yeah. Um, so even though she's been uh, already joined in the conversation, <laughs> I, I do want to introduce once more uh, Sarah Kennedy is here today dyking out with us. And um, I know Sarah... Through doing stand up comedy. She is the producer of the uh, She Devil Comedy Festival, which is happening in New York in October. Uh, Sarah, what year is this of Uh, the festival?
3: Oh, I was like, it's It's 2017. (laughs) Where am I? Oh, it's got it. I think it's about the fifth year.
2: The fifth year, okay. Um, it, it's a lot of fun. So many talented women um, competing for the uh, She Devil Trophy, which is um, actually quite hefty. Uh, I was a it's the
1: Stanley Cup of comedy <laughs> festivals. <laughs> <laughs> it
2: is. I have a great time every time I go. And was also featured on a video on uh, glamour.com. Uh, so you can also look that up. And if you are in New York City, you can see her perform all over the place. Um, super funny. Sarah Kendi, thank you so much for being here yeah. with us and diking out with us today. Yay. Thanks um, for letting me come
3: over. And thanks for letting me interject a bunch during this. Oh, so oh, like, oh, yeah, no, yeah, that kind yeah, of yeah. pop culture stuff is like my jam. So yes. I love to talk about it. So. Yes.
2: So yeah, let's start by uh, each kind of Briefly giving our coming out story. Uh, mm-hmm. you wanna
1: go yeah. First? I So I, mine happened like so much later than than everyone else I've ever met and talked to about this subject. I didn't actually fully know I was gay until I was about 20 years old, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my coming out process began in college and I went to school in a very small, very rural, like, fucking little-ass town, uh, Maryville, Missouri, and which is as small as it sounds. Um, so I was, like, the lesbian at the school, and then, you know, and it just kind of went from there. But I had, given the circumstances, um, you know, being from the Midwest, coming out during college in a small school, I had actually a pretty easy, not easy, but, like, a, I avoided some of the big... The big pitfalls that a lot of people fall into in their coming out process. I was very lucky to have friends who were pretty supportive, um, parents who were supportive. My mom and her husband are like the most liberal people in the world, so, um, so yeah. But I, but I didn't really fully, like, I didn't really fully start to kind of become myself and be comfortable until I was about twenty. 324-ish.
2: Did you have a moment of realization?
1: Yeah. I saw a dick for the only time in my life, and I literally said out loud, nope, and I got up and I left the room. And this poor guy, who I never really spoke to much after, it was in college, and I like was I was sort of in that phase where I was like trying to make out with boys just to be sure. I don't know. I was just like, well, all my friends are doing this. I need to do it, too, to fit in. And I was making out with this boy named Neil, and like that's such a name for a guy who like was the last the last stand of a lesbian's yeah. sexual experience. And then, um, and somehow his dick appeared, and I was just like, absolutely not. I hold my soul rejected that moment, and it wasn't him. Uh, I'm sure he's not in tune with lesbian podcast world. He's not going to hear this, but like, it just. <laughs> That was like the moment where I was like, I know what I don't want, and that it, this whole thing, the per, the person it's attached to, the whole fucking, all of them, I don't want.
2: I really but, hope Neil is listening, so he yeah. knows the power that he wields. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> the power that your very your very average dick wielded was just extraordinary. Um But the mo- but when I when I first felt that very first little like kind of tingle that we that we're all familiar with of like oh hello like. Uh, this is what I now know is just attraction. Yes. Something that I hadn't felt ever. Yeah. Yeah. um, Well, first of all, obviously, Mariska Hargitay on Law & Order SVU. Like, every lesbian's like, oh yeah, of course. Like, she's going down in history as, like, the fucking singularity for, like, all (laughs) lesbians between the age of, like, 20 and 50. Yeah. Um, When I was a teenager watching Law & Order SVU was when I was like, I knew, I didn't Realized I had a crush on Mariska Hargitay. I just knew that I felt my body just igniting when she was on on the screen. And it was, mm-hmm. it was, I don't know. I think that was probably when I knew I was different, maybe, but not necessarily that I was gay. And then I knew for sure I was gay in college. Uh, I was in a sorority, and already the story is not going where anyone thinks <laughs> it's going. But uh, we would all get together and watch Grey's Anatomy. And... um Dr. Kelly Torres was mm-hmm. like, the, mm-hmm. I just was like the apex of hotness for me. Like I was so, I still am obsessed with Sarah Ramirez, but <laughs> she, when her character became, or, you know, like they started writing, I forgot when her lesbian storyline began. I never actually continued watching the show. I don't even know how it, how her story progressed, but those few episodes that I did watch where she was hooking up with, I think it was uh, that blonde doctor... With the long hair. The first time they ever showed her her lesbian storyline, I was, like, so fucking turned on. I, like, had to, like I had, I had to leave the room. It was just, like, so intense. So that's kind of what I knew when I was about 19 or 20. And it's just been a blast ever since.
2: <laughs> Sarah, how about you? Other oh,
3: Sarah. Uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> this is going to happen on this podcast a lot. I'm imagining you're going to have a lot of
0: Sarahs.
3: Um, it's so interesting because I remember uh, the first time I ever even said it to myself, I had this journal that I like I always started to write journals when I was like but I wasn't writing anything important or whatever so I just would give up on them mm-hmm. and then I had this one brand new notebook and I opened it up and like within half a page I wrote like I think I'm gay but I'm not, probably not but I might be and then I was just like from there I just <laughs> yes. kept the most like I, I look back on that journal sometimes now and it's like every day is just like what seemingly gay thoughts did I have that day? And it's just like, <laughs> what do I think that means? And I would just like really yeah. like analyze the hell out of it. How yeah. old were you around that At, time? like 16. Okay. Yeah. And I had like collages. I had lots of collages. And so like I had pages <laughs> that are just like whatever was in Entertainment Weekly that week mm-hmm. that was gay. So it would be like a picture of Hedwig and the Angry Inch. And then it would be a picture of, of Richard Wood and M- Misha Barton from um, Once and Again. And yeah. then it would be Buffy. It would be like Willow and Tara. And the next page would be, be like, drawing, like, girls holding hands or something, like, really, like, basic stuff, but just kind of being like, what the hell does this mean? And then um, I think part of the reason why I love pop culture stuff so much is because without it, I never would have been able to, like, think through everything with, in a safe place. Like, that's what mm-hmm. the
2: Republicans are afraid of. I know. <laughs> but
3: that's, why, that's why I think representation this is. This nightmare. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's what those one million moms
3: yeah. are Sarah's coming out
2: story. All
1: 600 of the one million moms. <laughs> <laughs>
3: but 10% of the population is gay, so, like, a huge yeah. chunk of those million moms are
1: probably yeah. gay
3: moms. Yeah. Um, but, like, I think that's why I think representation is so important is because I was, seriously became just this, like, um, historian of, like, Lesbian culture throughout mm-hmm. the ages. Like I know, I went into like just like all the terrible, terrible movies from the eighties that you would just are oh, like, man. like uh, Claire of the Moon and Desert Hearts, like old, old ones that nobody even cares about at all. And I just wanted to know them so that I could have like this, like I could feel like I um, was smart about it before I even yeah. talked to another girl uh, in a romantic sense. And so I think I was like, I had crushes with girls in high school. But I didn't have my first kiss or my first girlfriend until I was 18, so it took me like two years of research before I went into the field. Right, right. Um, But that was cool. And then, like, knowing before I even wrote it down, I think came a little bit before that. I I, I started watching Xena, like, really early. Like, I was in, like, maybe eighth grade or something, and I started watching it, and I was really into it, and I couldn't really figure out why. (laughs) I was really into that it. We know, yeah. And then one time, I made all my friends rent "But I'm a Cheerleader" because it had all the actors yes. and stuff yes. in that time that I liked. And yeah. about halfway through, I was like, "I'm sorry, I made us rent this," and I like turned it off. And they all were like, "That's I mean, we can finish watching it." And I was like, "No, I think everybody should leave." And then they left and I turned it back <laughs> oh, on and man. finished watching it. Yeah. And then then I I was the first person in my family to have an Amazon account, and like Amazon was still pretty new, but it was the way for me to like order and receive things privately, right. without my parents having to see it around so I had but I'm a cheerleader. I had like I don't know why, but I bought like all of Rufus Rainwright's albums. Yes, and, I did too. And so really? yeah, like <laughs> yeah. I, I loved him and he's he was like just this kind of like a like a I don't know he was like such a sensitive gay boy that yeah. I was just like he's feeling I read an what article in Rolling
2: Stone about him and then just listening to his lyrics I'm like there's something about it. I get it.
3: Mm-hmm. I get it. So, Sadness. Yeah exactly yeah. Like <laughs> a lonely day. <laughs> so there was that and then I mean actually like telling people I, the first person I ever told was my friend Kelly because she was talking about her girlfriend. So I was like, "Well, this is safe."
1: Mm-hmm. Ah. And
3: then she told me about my friend Joey in that conversation. So then the next day I told him because, and so I really only told other gay people that I was gay. Yeah. And then I kind of hoped that that would be like I really the only gay I wanted to be was gay enough for other gay people to know, but yes. then yes, s- like straight seeming enough that it would just I would just float through the world and everybody would be like, "Well, whatever." Yeah. yeah. Um. And so like I had like a binder in college or something that had, like, this giant picture of Tegan and Sarah in it, and they were still, like, really, like, not very well known. Yeah. And so I kept being like, is anybody... Yeah, Is anybody seeing what I got here? Not you guys. This this person it's over like here. When, it's
1: like you're in this, the like a Sims game, and you just want this like rainbow, <laughs> like this rainbow diamond to float over your head, but only other yeah, rainbow diamonds so can people see it. Know. Yeah. I always wanted to have that. It
2: would have been so it's so, so nice. hard to know sometimes. Yeah, um, especially especially now. Um, even though more people are out, but when the when the hipster movement started happening, <laughs> hipster, hipsters and lesbians, it's hard to tell them apart. Yeah. You have to. <laughs> Be like Nancy Drew and look for clues. I'm like, do they have plaster on their boot? Were they building yeah. a tiny house? <laughs> like, is there a carabiner clip on yeah. their belt loop?
1: I don't no, know. I don't, see, um, I don't see one of those dog walker things on her belt. I don't know how many dogs are involved. I, I always distinguish.
2: <laughs> it was always, like, slightly off hipster meant lesbian for yeah. me. It's mm-hmm. like one too many accessories. Yeah. Yeah. Uh <laughs> Uh, for for me coming out, definitely some similarities um, in terms of I I have a journal that that I threw away because I I remember being super happy in high school or loving high school, and then I read my diary and was like, oh no,
1: <laughs> so for dark times. <laughs>
2: yeah, that I had an entry that was like, I guess I'll cry myself to sleep oh. again, <laughs> 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 and I felt so sad for for my teenage self, but. The one where I realized I was gay, I wrote, uh, "I think there's something wrong with me." Oh wow! Okay. And I I grew up um, Catholic. Not my parents weren't that Catholic, but my grandparents were were pretty Catholic. They they were liberal, um, uh-huh. but but they were very Catholic. And I loved my grandparents, and I wanted to be close to them. And I thought I never believed in the necessarily like the stories. Yeah. <laughs> um, but i thought that if you live your life following these rules you'll live a good life cuz really these are just like cautionary tales that people figured out years ago of you know mm-hmm. like don't steal don't lie like these are how to be a good person mm-hmm. um so so i did have some um some shame there um Okay, who's ready for a true story? When I entered my MFA program this fall, I knew I was going to have so little time for cooking, so I wanted a solution that would let me have tasty, healthy meals in a flash so that after class, I could still have time and energy to be gay. So I signed up for Factor, which ships you ready-to-eat meals that are chef-created and dietitian-approved. They're fresh, never frozen. So, all you have to do is stick them in the microwave for two minutes, and then they're nice and done. Um, the weekly menu has over 35 options. The salmon entrees are always my personal favorite, but they have um, a lot of things you can choose from options for different dietary needs like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. They also have add ons for when you don't need an entire meal. Um, I tried some good cookies and some jerky, Uh, no prep, no mess. And when I looked into it financially, which was one of my main concerns, it was actually less expensive than uh, takeout and honestly, really close to the cost of buying ingredients at the grocery store down my block in New York City. Uh, And then I saved a lot of time. So to me, it was definitely worth it. Did I mention that the meals are also really delicious? Like I've yet to try one that I didn't like. So if that sounds good to you, I think you should give it a try too. Head to factormeals.com slash dykingout50 and use code dykingout50 to get 50% off. That's code dykingout50 at
0: factormeals.com slash dykingout50 to get 50% off. grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to com slash r-e-a-l-m now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. shopify.com slash realm. I
2: definitely had so much, like, gay activity that i didn't realize how gay it was until after after the fact um, <laughs> like you sarah and like my wall my walls in my bedroom i had two walls that were basically shrines to madonna <laughs> One was a giant poster where her shirt is definitely see-through and you can see her nipples. <laughs> yes. And nobody seemed to think that was off um, <laughs> that I had. I'm so excited about that poster. Um, I, I would fantasize about, like, oh, I bet it'd be so cool to be Madonna's boyfriend. <laughs> yes. and, and, like, yeah. like my sexual fantasies when I was going through puberty were of, like, me being a man, getting a being able to be with a woman. Because I didn't think you could do it yeah. as another woman. So your fantasies are like, oh, yeah, I wish like in another life if I could have been a man then I could have like, yeah. been Madonna's boyfriend yeah <laughs> which like in would probably be the worst yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, honestly, <laughs> I,
1: would, I would not want to be Madonna's Today, girlfriend oh, <laughs> well god. I mean maybe but uh, yeah, that's, yeah.
2: <laughs> oh my god probably treated like assistant number three um, <laughs> yeah for sure and, yeah, so it was like a little bit of seeing things on on the internet, but it wasn't until um I was working at this movie theater with my uh, with my best friend. And she called me one day and she was like, "You'll never guess who's gay." I'm like, who? And she told me this girl that we worked with, and the first thought in my mind was, that's so hot. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, my God, why was that my first thought? Yeah. And because she was, like, the first lesbian I knew who just looked like a normal girl. Um, I mean, she she was beautiful and Um, I always thought lesbian had to be this, like, you know, cargo pants wearing, like, like, which which is fine. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) which, which is fine, but just wasn't like, I guess, my type. So because I didn't look like that, I didn't think like that that was... Uh, that that was me and then I kind of realized uh, like you said, I felt like butterflies in my stomach for the first time Mm -hmm. because I'd never really been attracted to anyone Uh, all of my straight behavior was all like a performance right? I felt like I had to have boyfriends because all my friends had boyfriends or I had to pretend to to be into guys had to have a crush at all times but it Uh. was always so arbitrary I'm like I don't know, like who do I think might like me back? And That's it was exactly what mm-hmm, mine mm-hmm. were.
1: Yeah, mine was, were very <laughs> realistic. I was yes. like, very, I was like, okay, who could I get? And it was always like, yes. I was six feet tall it's at at twelve years old, thirteen years old. So I wow. automatically my pool of potential <laughs> crushes was like reduced to like that one fucking tall kid in your class. Yeah, yeah, Just, like, they were such nerds, every one of them. Yeah, but yeah, that feeling of of. Perf- the performative crush was a thing that I think is probably... Ex- well, it, it's got to be exclusive to gay men and women. I'm sure women yeah. more so because... I don't know. I Like, I just... You just had to have one to fit in with your friends, you know?
2: Yeah, yeah. And and I feel like... I mean, I'm not too close to my friends from high school anymore. I still like them all and mm-hmm. everything. But when, uh, when I did realize I was gay and I came out... It's not—I mean, some of them were were really cool about it. The the first person I came out to was my friend uh, Rachel, who's just such a great person that I felt uh, comfortable coming out to her uh, because we had also, like, I don't know, we were into, like— being Wiccans sort of, but like really and like the slightest sense. Like we bought a tarot deck in like one spell book and we thought we were badass. Like and it was like this secret. Oh yeah. yeah. You'd light a lot of pieces
3: of paper on fire yes. and hide yeah. them. Yeah. Yes.
2: And <laughs> and love. it lasted like maybe like a couple weeks or something that that we did this. Like it wasn't that involved, but I was like, oh, okay, we had that kind of secret, so now I can tell her that I'm bisexual. Because at the time I oh, thought that yeah. was more normal and I hadn't dated a woman, but I had this like huge crush on this um on this girl I worked with, who actually ended up being my uh, third girlfriend, ah. and we were in a relationship for years, uh, on and off for, like, four and a half years or something. Wow. And I eventually got her. But, like, when <laughs> the first time after finding out she was gay in person, I thought I was going to throw up. Yeah. I was so nervous, and all I wanted was to talk to her, but, like, I couldn't. And yep. I, I was, like, thinking about her all the time, and she had a girlfriend, and oh, uh, it was... I remember that nuts. feeling of
1: when you meet when you like you find out that like some other girl is gay and especially when you're when your social pool is so limited of women that you've actually met that are like confirmed lesbians mm-hmm. that it's like you get so fucking nervous I went to call- when I was in college and I was just kind of I had both feet kind of out of the closet still the door was still open uh there was one girl in my statistics class I remember and she was in the basketball team and she was really tall like me and she was definitely gay not at all my type like. Mm-hmm. but that was back when like even if they weren't your type it was like but they're also gay like yes. you just have a crush by default even though fucking no that wasn't my type that I was my never... first girlfriend yeah mm-hmm. like just so off type but yep. because you have so few options or you think yeah. you do then that's what you go for and I had the biggest crush on her I was like so nervous every day in class around her, I I can't even believe it. She had no personality, no like nothing about this girl was appealing in any way. Looking back, like she was such a dud, and she did not give a shit about me, and like just like was just like this this like I'm an athlete. She was just like a jock and didn't talk to anyone, and like didn't think any of my jokes were funny, which I thought they were fucking hilarious. She just she was really so put off by me, but I had such a crush on her. And looking back, yeah. it's hilarious. Like, some of our, our first crushes, or in some cases, first girlfriends, are just hilarious to look back oh, on. Oh, God.
2: My, yeah, my sister still will make fun of me and be like, remember this person? Yeah. <laughs> uh, because my, my sister just thought that, that we were friends at the time because I wasn't out to to my sister. So, so I had this first girlfriend, and it was, she was the first... Um, Single gay person also worked at the movie theater. Uh, this
1: is quite a movie theater. First, yeah.
2: first three girlfriends of mine were from this movie, had movie to theater. Polos
1: for uniform. Is <laughs> that had what to wear attracted polos so many Young lesbians there. The, wa- <laughs> <shell necklaces. Yeah>. <laughs> the,
2: <laughs> the walls were pink and purple. Uh, I think there was something in the popcorn. Sensible I don't know.
1: Khakis as the uniform. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not kidding. There were. There was a high concentration of of gays, and that was one of the reasons oh, wow. that I worked there was because like. Um, I actually got got fired and, they, and I was like I, – I, I was fired because um, I had to get surgery and couldn't work on Black Friday. Oh, my oh. God. But they – in their defense, teenagers make a lot of shitty excuses to oh, get yeah. out of things. So they thought I was lying, but I legit was getting surgery. And one of the managers who was really nice was like, do you think you would come back months later? And it was like in that time in between when I found out that this – This one girl was gay, and then my friend was like, and I think this other girl there is gay, and like the other girl was the one that became my first girlfriend. But I remember, at some point in the relationship, she was like, "Are you only with me because I like girls?" (laughs) And I was like, "No." (laughs) It was the most unconvincing. uh, Oh
1: God!
2: It was so bad validation of the relationship. But like, she wasn't even. She was. totally in love with someone else at the time. It was like neither of us were that into each other, (laughs) Um, but it was what was uh, available. But having that first girlfriend was the catalyst to it gave me a reason to come out to my parents because but before you have that first girlfriend it's kind of weird to come out to to people because it's like why are you telling me this and then you're also not yeah Yeah. you're not sure of it um and and i was lucky with uh with my parents too they were supportive they were a little bit uh i mean my mom was shocked um i guess yeah, which is weird because it's not like I had a ton of boyfriends or anything like that. And the boyfriends that I did have, I, like, literally did nothing more than hold their hands. Yeah. Like, I... Uh, I never even had a boyfriend. Yeah, I had... They were boyfriends in name only. and yeah. in, in name and, <laughs> like, I guess homecoming dance dates. But, oh, God. <laughs> um, but my parents were really supportive, unlike um, that one ex that, that I mentioned, the the one who was, like, my first crush... Um, when she came out to her mom, her mom kicked her out of the house oh gosh. and made her go live with her her dad. So I felt super fortunate because yeah. you know it's some people still to this day in in twenty seventeen
3: um, have it
1: have it. I tough. can't I can't imagine that. Yeah. What What was your coming out experience to your parents like, Sarah?
3: Well, it was. I mean. Overall incredibly positive. My mom asked me about it. Like yeah. I didn't even have to like be like, I'd like us to uh. have a discussion, please. She was just like <laughs> my first girlfriend's name was Erin and she was like, Are you and Erin more than friends? Mm-hmm. And then I just was like, We're not having this conversation. And I like got up and left and my mom like chased me down Aww. and then we ended up like Aww. crying. And then yeah. she just had like it's cool like it's totally fine and then she had a bet going with her best friend about whether or not I was gay yeah and then my mom bet that I was gay and she, was like, um, she won yeah exactly so she was like excellent she won lunch at
1: Olive Garden yeah. with her best friend
3: <laughs> so then I mean we talked for like two or three hours and cried and then Great. she I mean this this part is a little weird she like then went on to tell everyone for me
1: uh, in, yeah. in my family
3: so she told my dad for me I asked and, my mom to tell my dad too that's nice I didn't yeah. ask her to do it my mom oh. was just like I got this don't worry yeah. about it <laughs> And I apparently, I think he may have had a little bit of trouble with it, but my mom was like, it's on you, and you'd figure this out on your own. Yeah. yeah. So I think that that's, that's pretty good. cool. Okay. And then she told, like, my grandma for me and all my aunts and uncles and yeah. everything. So and then everybody was just like, cool. And then it just kind of – except they're, they're cool and like, they're all from Texas kind of way. So, like, they'll say things like, um, we're just so happy that you can be – who you are. Yeah. <laughs> and they just say that all the time. It's like, no, yeah.
0: sir, it's just who she is. Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I had a similar, my mom. Well, I think my mom and her husband, I'll have to confirm this with them, but I'm pretty sure they tried to get me to come out. We were in the car and I was driving. And <laughs> it's not a good time. <laughs> no. And it was like the middle of winter and I was driving us somewhere. And they, as if they had rehearsed it before, like it felt a little scripted. <laughs> they were. It was right around prop 8, with the mm-hmm. whole prop 8 so, I think oh, so yeah. 2008 or whenever that. Uh so, uh yeah, it was it was right around when Ellen got married. Okay. So, my stepdad out of nowhere goes, "You know who I really like? I really like Ellen DeGeneres." And my my mom was like, "I Dave, I love her too. <laughs> I think it's so wonderful that she's married." And you know, the all this stuff happening in California is making me sick. This Prop 8, no one should be discriminated against. And Dave was like, yeah. And they were like, yeah, it's fine to be gay. And I just, like, was in silence, like, white knuckles on the steering wheel. Like, get us. We were going to P.F. Chang's at the time, which is, like, the most delightfully Midwestern part of that story. That's so good. They're so cute. And then it took, like, a few more months, and I eventually, my, my three best friends from high school, who I'm still really close with, uh, we're at my house, and we our house was, like, the meeting place, kind of, for my friends always, and my mom was in the room, and they had been kind of pressuring me to tell her, and they were texting me, like, under our throw pillows, tell your mom, like, we're all here, just do it, and it was Thanksgiving Day, and I finally was like, um, because my mom, I had this friend named Jeff in college who my mom loved. She, My mom was obsessed with Jeff, and she thought he was the most amazing young man I know she wanted me to marry him. Yeah. Turns out he's gay too. But yeah. anyway, uh well, I don't know. He's a big Republican. I haven't been in touch with him in a while. Anyway, so I said something to, along the something along the lines of, Mom, I just want you to know that I'm never gonna marry Jeff Kanger, and it's not because it's not just because he's gay, but because I am too. Or no, I said something like something about that in there, or no, I maybe I said Oh, the, no, the Jeff thing was later. What I said was, Mom, I want you to know that all of us, I, I meant me and my three best friends who she had known since we were kids, I was like, all of us are gay. And she was like, what? And I said, ah, I'm just kidding, only me. <laughs> <laughs> and she, she kind of like, she you, she was kind of like being a little, like just keeping herself busy, like playing with something with her hands. She was like, is this is this one of your jokes? Because we would always like kind of fuck with her and like just, I don't know. And she was like, "Are you, really, you are? And I was like, yeah, and then she started bawling. She's like, I've always known, honey. And she was, like, Aww. crying, and my friends were crying, Aww. and she was giving all of us hugs. And she was like, you know, for the longest time, I thought you were just an awkward, weird kid. But now <laughs> I, do, I know why. I know it's because you're gay, and it's okay. And She just, like, was so excited about the whole thing. So she loved sweet.
2: it. My, my mom didn't really think that like, she was cool with it, but she did wasn't convinced oh, you know okay. she thought oh carolyn's kind of dramatic think it was like so, a,
1: was it the phase thing that some parents think maybe or... a phase she
2: she was she said like carolyn's well that was
1: dramatic <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh yeah that'd be a this very dramatic thing to do. uh <laughs> she said well don't don't feel like you have to go sewing this into your underwear i'm like how do you think <laughs> oh, i'm my using gosh. my underwear yeah. <laughs> I like student council treasurer in it. <laughs> I mean, student council, that that was one thing like when I was thinking about, you know, um, the repercussions of me being gay because I, I was in high school. I had this girlfriend um, from another school and I'm like, if people find out at my school, I'm on student council and what <laughs> kind of – There'll be such a scandal. I thought people yeah. cared more about student council than they actually did. Because oh, it, biggest... yeah. it. <laughs> it was the biggest
1: student council ever cared about it. It was the biggest thing in my life. Yeah, so me I too. thought everybody
2: was going to care. I'm like, as a student council officer,
1: I cannot. <laughs> I have a duty to uphold. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> to my constituents. <laughs>
2: but but like some of my closest friends started finding out, and then like of course once you get past like the closest best friends, anyone who finds out like they're obviously going to tell other people. Right. Um but there there were like some things before people knew like when I got out of that first relationship I was like then I, like all I wanted to do was make out with women all the time like mm-hmm. n- now that I knew like how great it was to be a lesbian and like what everyone else was experiencing um with, with guys I'm like oh I need to find more where are these lesbians Yeah so once I looked up a gay bar um online so in uh I grew up in Buffalo for the most part in in Buffalo uh, when you, uh, when you're like sixteen, seventeen, you get a fake ID saying you're nineteen, so you can drive to Canada and go out in Canada. Man. So uh, my friends a lot and of I steps to go to a bar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah,
2: right. So my friends and I, we would go out in Canada, and um, I would always volunteer to be the designated driver because I'm very fun. And— <laughs>
1: Council it was treasurer.
2: It was, honestly, it was just because I didn't trust anyone else. Yeah. I didn't trust anyone else to not accidentally get drunk and yeah. then be in a bad situation. So I would just volunteer to be des- designated driver. So I lied um, a lot around that time just to cover up uh, my gayness and. I was like, oh, my sister told me about this cool bar. Uh, (laughs) It's not – it's right next to Clifton Hill, and it was this gay bar that I found online, which back in those days the the internet was so basic that it was some janky website. You really couldn't tell what this bar was going to be like. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So we drive there, and we, like, pull up in front of the bar, and they're like, uh – this is what your sister told you? And there's, like, this big rainbow flag, but it is definitely, like, this leather, oh, like, boy. bear gay yes. man bar. And I was like, darn it, she was playing a joke on me.
1: Well, guess we better go in. Oh, no,
2: I was, like, immediately, I was like, abort, abort. Yeah. Like, they're, they're on to me. Yeah. I would, like, I remember once after homecoming, I drove to, in front of this lesbian bar in Buffalo, and I was like, Gonna try to sneak in. Instead, I just parked outside and watched all the lesbians come in. And I, you, you've done I'm, that.
3: Too? There was one gay bar in Albuquerque that I was like, right when I started college, I was like, oh, maybe I'll go there soon and, yeah. and I would just like drive by it really extra slowly, just yeah. to be like, look, there's some people. Like, what? Oh, oh, and oh, oh, just there keep they are. Oh,
2: it. I guess I'll just keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. So so nerve wracking. Um, what was but, your
1: first? Uh, what was everyone's first kiss with a lady?
2: Mine might be the gayest.
1: Right, I want to hear. I'm yours sure then. it is. <laughs> okay, um, <laughs> all your stories so far have been absolutely the gayest.
2: <laughs> so my first kiss with the girl was super gay. We were watching Girl Interrupted, <laughs> and it th- this was um, the woman who's my my first girlfriend, and she loved Angelina Jolie oh, so much yeah. that her name tag work was Angelina, <laughs> and oh, wow. so she never came out and said she w- she was gay to me, but she was like.
3: That's that's enough. I think yeah. that that's all you that, really need enough. to do. <laughs> she had a
2: big rainbow on her bedroom wall mm-hmm. and pictures of Angelina Jolie all over. So I I knew that she was definitely gay, and um, I I would also um, tr- like l- make up stuff to just kind of drop hints. Um, though my sister would sometimes call me gay, just that's a thing that si- sisters do. But right. like my sister never like really thought that I was gay. Um, so I would really play that up, though, to get her to think like, "Oh, is she trying to tell me?" Like, without saying that. Yeah. So um, she was big on like holding hands with other girls, but in high school that might like not mean anything. So we're on her bed, on her water bed. Oh, <laughs> oh yes,
1: yes. <laughs> sexual.
2: I know. My first time having my first time having sex with a woman was. And a waterbed. <laughs> I uh,
1: have not seen a waterbed since I was a kid. I had and my one. Aunt had I had one. had one in college. Really? Yeah, amazing. you had one in college. <laughs> yeah.
2: What? Uh, that is amazing. Yeah, it was hilarious. The last
1: one is in the Smithsonian now. I think. Yeah. I this mean, I, it's anymore. very weird to like ironically
3: own a bed, but like <laughs> I that was totally how I was in college. I was like, look at my waterbed. Yeah,
2: that's pretty awesome. Uh, yeah. So we were on her waterbed. We we're watching Girl Interrupted, and we were um, holding hands during it, okay. and then. At the part where there's, like, a girl-on-girl girl kiss. they in the van after they escape. In the, in the van, <laughs> yes,
1: yes. Oh, we're familiar, yeah. Uh, One hour, 42 minutes uh, in. Yeah, because so like actual timestamp.
2: <laughs> we, we squeezed hands. <gasps> like, when that happened, it was kind of like, okay. Oh, my we're God. both into this. But then, like, waited until the end of the movie. Yes! And then started making out.
3: And so, like the end, the end, like the credits, or like when yeah. Daisy. The credits. <laughs> okay. The credits.
1: Okay. Yeah. I was, <laughs> I was just like, like, that's a little morbid. Brid- I know. Britney I know. Murphy's lifeless body. It's <laughs> oh, just God. like Oh, that's so sad. I, f- I kind of forgot for a second that she is. Never mind. Yeah. 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 Oh. RIP. RIP. I'm
2: And then as soon as we stopped, I said, well, I guess I can't be president anymore. Oh. Because at the time I was very ambitious. Hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> And that was my first worry was like my political ambitions, your political career, are over because I just <laughs> kissed a woman, and then also um, I had never been wet before. Oh yeah! And walking and out of that, that feeling, room, I was like,
1: you're what like is sliding going out of that room. On. Yeah, <laughs> like uh, <laughs> that feeling. I remember that feeling too of like. Oh, my body is now reacting to yes.
2: I never had something. that before. Never,
1: never, not once. It was yeah
2: crazy. I I didn't even Same know how I was going to walk to my car.
1: I know I and it and it, I felt like it lasted for like a week. Like it was so yeah. like the trauma of it. Like the <laughs> like the fucking aftershocks were like so. Yeah. Mine was mine was with uh, this woman who is now married to a guy, of course, but she was like a, It was in Kansas City after a Kansas City Royals game. Uh, she was like a friend of a friend. I think I don't even know who the fu- I don't know how she was in the story, but I remember vividly the date because it was the day of the opening ceremonies of the o eight Olympics. So it was August eighth. and so it's really only been like nine years that I've been like you know sexually active or whatever. but so anyway, so I remember this like this girl was there and she was at the game with us and we were all tailgating and drinking and she was a friend of a friend and she throughout the night kept like sitting closer to me, standing closer to me and like playfully like she like smacked my butt at one point and i was like oh shit like is this is this is this what flirting is? like i don't know what this <laughs> is. and we went back to our fr- our mutual friend's house and she kind of cornered me in the kitchen and basically just kissed me and it was like i literally my fucking entire body just like react like i was so i felt like all my nerve endings were like electrified and i was like okay that's what that's what this it should feel is. like yeah, yeah this is what this is what it should feel like and yeah. this is why my friends have been losing their minds over boys since they were 14 because this yes. is what they felt with that with them you know yeah. like no wonder they're crazy cuz yeah. now i'm fucking crazy <laughs> like i was immediately like you know when you're like a baby lesbian and every anyone you kiss you just immediately are in love with like yeah. that yeah. i was just like I, I was obsessed with her, and I never even fucking saw her again after that. It uh-huh. was <laughs> so lame, but I you now she's just married to a guy, so whatever. Drawing
2: pictures of her in your notebook. Yeah. How about you other, Sarah?
3: So my, <laughs> it's the nerdiest story, really, because there was this girl who went to high school, but she was, like, a year older than me, and she was friends with my friend Joey, and I was like, your friend Aaron and he was like, yeah, and I was like, she's, like, gay, right? And then he was like, yeah, <laughs> do you want to talk to her? And I was like... Yeah. And then he was like... So then, like, I think he even just gave me her, like, AOL instant messenger name. Oh, shit. And so we started, like, talking on that. And then we were talking about Ani DeFranco a lot. And then, like, (laughs) she was just like... And she, at the same time, she, like, always was getting into trouble. And she was, like, not a good influence. But she's kind of figured it out now. Um, But... At the time, she was, like, it was, like, the first day of us, like, even talking with each other about stuff. And it was so neat to even have somebody to talk about, compare all the my research that I had. Yeah. (laughs) And be like, did you watch this? Did you see this? Do you know about this? And so she was like, you know what? I'm coming over to your house. And I was like, what? Like, what? (laughs) And my parents were, like, sleeping. And so we, like, sat on my front porch. Uh Uh-huh. And, like, I wasn't going to leave with her or anything, but we were just, like, sitting and talking on the porch and then, like, we're talking about all this stuff, and she's smoking cigarettes, and then, like, she was, like, we were talking about Nigella Lawson, the the chef-cook lady, and I was just, like, oh, my yeah. God, she's my wife, I love her so much, and she was just, like, uh-huh, your wife, uh-huh, and then, the, the this is so nerdy, she, like, seriously, at one point, just goes, do you like Tegan and Sarah, and I was, like, <laughs> oh, my God, somebody else knows who they yeah. <laughs> are, yes, and then she was, like, I have their CDs in my car, do you want to just, like, drive around and listen to them and I was like and she had like a Z like a, like a Nissan you know the, the yeah. like sports car and so yeah. then I was just like what is happening yeah. I would never I've never like snuck out of my house ever and, but I seriously was like yes let's
1: go into yeah. your car and we're gonna go drive around and listen to this she could have this. said like do you wanna go commit murder and you're like yeah yes, let's do it yes, let's absolutely. go do anything
3: yeah. <laughs> so then she gave me the CDs so I could burn them and I was just like this is the nicest thing ever and then she would come over like every night and we'd hang out on my front porch and then one day she was like I'm sucking at math can you like help me with math and I was Aww. like you're not bad at math you're very smart and then she just like
1: she pulled a Katie from mean girl exactly yeah and then
3: uh, um, <laughs> she and then she like kissed me just right on my front porch and it was just like it felt like there was like almost like a like a light pole in my, like, from, like, my heart all the way down. And you could just feel it, like, whoosh. And it was just like this, exactly what you were saying. I was like, oh, my God, everything makes sense. Because I really honestly thought that kissing was just, like, a social construct. Like, it was just like, oh, you do this as, like, an act of affection or whatever. And then you're like, oh, no, people kiss because it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It was awesome.
2: Yeah, because I I made out with a guy once at at a club just because all my friends had made out with guys before. And I'm like, oh, they are going to make fun of me so hard if, like, I graduate high school without having made out with a guy. So I just made out with this guy. Who knows how old he was? Because we were, like, (laughs) 16-year-olds sneaking into clubs. And it was disgusting. I was like, this is terrible. I don't know. I... You know, I think uh, being a lesbian is good for developing hobbies at an early age because <laughs> you, you don't, you're not really With like. The it of takes you a while. Yeah, yeah, it takes you a while to figure stuff up. So I was like really into politics <laughs> or really into things that none yeah. of all, well, my friends were just you're the discussing. Closest thing to who,
1: Leslie Nope that I've ever met in yeah. real life? This is amazing. <laughs> it's awesome.
2: That honestly, the the movie um, Election. Yes,
1: filmed in my high school. Actually, wow. Oh, did you know that? I think you did tell yeah. me that at one point. I've never and seen you've it. You've never seen it. I know. Isn't that weird? No. Filmed in my high school. I was in middle school at the time. But yeah, they changed a the sign on the local in high school. It. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I gotta see this movie.
2: Oh yeah, it, it's awesome. I love that movie. But uh, Tracy, Tracy like, Flick. Yeah. yeah. Kind of. It was like a cautionary tale for me. Like I saw that, and <laughs> I was like, oh, I am heading towards this very fast. Like that's how much, I. I I'm not that awful of a person, but but that's how much it meant to me. Right, to, student council to was a big deal. Council. I went to high
1: school with a definite Tracy Flick, and she like, she drove herself to the point of like having panic attacks over student council and like she the the politicking, the the inner circle fights amongst the executive board, and everything. It oh, was yeah. it was a lot. Yeah, yeah. I did go to the national conference in Buffalo once. Oh, yeah. Were it you guys was a national? This was in two thousand. Were we there at the same time? (laughs) That's how I went to New York for the first time, because our pre-student council trip was there.
2: I know. I went to this, like, yeah, this huge gathering of student council officers that was in Buffalo. You guys.
1: I think we were there at the same time. This (laughs) is insane. Oh, my
2: God. Yes. Yeah. I totally forgot about that until you mentioned that. I was like, no, I think I went to this thing.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's how I saw New York City for the first time. We went on our, like, Three day pre trip through like to New York City and then we we rode a bus all the way up to Buffalo. That is crazy. Yeah. Oh yeah,
2: I was so excited for that thing. I was like, oh, it Big was like leagues. the
1: apex of our of my life. Like <laughs> yeah, it was the ultimate oh. gathering of student council nerds and it was amazing.
2: Um, okay, we only have a, a little bit of time left. Okay. I do want to. Um, how do you guys deal with? Because coming out, it's not a one time thing. It's like mm-hmm. throughout your life, you're constantly coming out. Um, I I know for for me, a lot of people assume that I'm straight. Um, I think because I leave my strap on at home <laughs> most days, and most days uh, we're happy that you brought most it today. Days. Though. Yeah, so I did bring it today. I'm wearing it right now. Uh, <laughs> Both Sarahs are looking at me very uncomfortably oh, this whole time. I love no. This. <laughs> uh no, but and it's yeah, it's a thing, it's like how do I let people know immediately so that there is no awkward moment? Because my whole life has been these awkward moments mm-hmm. of people assuming I'm straight. And it's just like my name's Carolyn, and a lot of people call me Caroline, and I hate correcting them just because it's like, ugh, it's it's so annoying. It's just mm-hmm. like actually, yeah. <laughs> it's Carolyn. And be like, actually, I'm a lesbian. Yeah. When they assume I'm straight, so as soon as I can get it out there, I'll say, "Oh, my wife," right. or this. So right away, so is that kind of your
1: go-to move? Is like sort of finding a seamless way to mention to mention
2: my wife. But before having a wife, when it was just a girlfriend, people still use girlfriends the way my mom, yeah. you know, has her trip with her girlfriends, and they're definitely yeah. not dyking out. <laughs> yep, I hope. Um, <laughs> And uh, yeah, so so I guess trying trying to let them know as soon as possible to avoid that weird assumption because then that can also invite those weird questions. Oh yeah, uh, the the weird follow ups.
3: So if I just drop it casually, then usually they'll let it go. What about you? I mean, I think the only context that I'm even really worried about it now, because living in New York makes it a lot easier, but, yeah, like, yeah. here. job interviews, like, yeah. I've gone on a couple of them where I'm just like, well, I mean, this is this is the fanciest, not this right now, but, like, I'll wear, like, <laughs> my fanciest clothes, and it'll still be like, oh, it's... Uh, it's definitely not girly, but here we go. And then yeah. so I'm, like, sitting there, and I'm, like, I don't want you to think that I don't know how to dress myself. I'm doing this on purpose. But, like, <laughs> but also I don't know. Like, it's, it's illegal for them to ask me if I have a girlfriend. So then is sure. it illegal for me to, like, self-disclose that I have a girl, Or, like, not illegal, yeah. but is it, like, and then will that jeopardize yeah. me getting oh, okay. the job or whatever? And then so then usually my, my go-to move is to show up in the office as early as possible and just look around and see if there's anybody remotely gay ish looking there. Yeah. So then I can be like, okay, I can be a little bit more relaxed about this. But then if not, then I usually have to be like, okay, well yeah. like I'll just like <laughs> raise the pitch of my
1: voice or mm-hmm. like do
3: some other stuff and just wait until I'm hired and then do the girlfriend thing. Just be like, oh my me and my girlfriend or Yeah. Okay.
1: Um for me, honestly, my appearance at this point is so androgynous and so fucking clearly like it, i I feel yeah. like anyone who might think I'm straight is I haven't met anyone in so long that's been either, that's, like, said anything around me indicating that I'm, like, under the assumption that I'm straight. I don't know. It's been a while, and it's, I wear men's clothing, and I'm six feet tall, and I have short hair, and I actually get called sir more often than a lot of people probably would be comfortable with. I love it, because for the briefest moment, I benefit from male privilege. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> oh, and then it's over. Like, it's like this little flash in the pan of, like, privilege? Ah, oh, it's nope, no more. Yeah, yeah. Um, But no, I mean, I just, I sort of... I I look I look the part so much that it's just no longer a question. But I remember before I cut my hair short and you know kind of came into the 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 aesthetic that I'm comfortable in now. Um, I just would have to I think I would just have to tell people that I was gay. But I would only do it if I don't know I would just kind of like. Let my sexuality just kind of go away, like I wouldn't with any acquaintances or anything, I wouldn't say anything, but I would not say anything. I would just kind of uncomfortably wait for that moment to present itself, but well it's it was a, a constant process
2: it's a weird thing, especially with when you're talking about like the army don't ask don't tell mm-hmm. um which is no longer in place, but maybe reinstated based yeah. on how mm-hmm. things are going uh. And people are like, well, what's so hard? Why can't you keep it to yourself? I'm like, how many times do straight people let everyone know they're straight? Right. Constantly. It,
3: but they don't think about it because they don't have to. Yeah, they it don't. the norm, yeah. Exactly,
2: exactly. So it's – how can you keep that part of your life secret when sometimes it's like the person that you – share your life with yeah so yeah you have to bring it up or people are going to ask you especially like if you're in the military and it's a bunch of dudes they're going to ask you about the ladies you've been doing and all other sorts of dude talk and uh and you can't just like lie the whole time i mean you, you could and that's what people did for for years but it's uh very uncomfortable and i find like um I know my my ex-wife was in situations where we we used to live in Georgia, and she worked in the suburbs. So Atlanta was pretty cool. I worked uh, at a university, and there was one person in every department who was gay, and actually the dean of the college um, set up, like, gay happy hours for gay staff. Um, So, yeah, in Georgia, that was pretty cool. But she worked in the suburbs and was terrified uh, Mm -hmm. of them not Terrified, but, like, would be so uncomfortable if they knew she was gay. Yeah. So she, like, kept to herself and never really got too close to people from work because she didn't want to have to have them find out. So it's, yeah. like, your option is either either to close yourself off or to be almost kind of weird. Like, people know you're hiding something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, coming out is a way, I think, where you can truly finally be be yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, that was when I finally, like, so much of life made sense to me once I yeah. came out and figured out I was gay and explained so much for me about, like, why I never felt normal, why I always felt weird. Oh, it weird answered and,
1: every question. Like, it yeah. it just, it turns every uncertainty into, like, oh, this is just what that is. Yeah, and it, it, like it also. That final Rubik's Cube just, like, coming into place and now it's all put together.
2: yeah. I think yeah. it It also, like, I felt confident for the first time in mm-hmm. my life, yeah. and uh, I think there's a lot of uh, confidence that you get with no longer caring about what men think. Oh, my yeah. God.
1: Isn't it just a f- – it's the most blissful – existence. It really, it really is. This goes back to me feeling bad
2: for, for straight women. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, okay. So, but before we wrap up on this first episode of, uh, dyking out, we're going to end with talking about, uh, something that's coming up tomorrow night. Um, on Sunday, it's going to be the, uh, MTV video music awards, which, uh, I don't know when the last time I've watched a full, I mean, maybe I probably live tweet it. Yeah. Uh, now that I'm a comedian and have to do those things. But there have been many gay moments <laughs> in VMA history, and uh, we're going to share our favorite ones right now. And I'm going to start by talking about Madonna yes. <laughs> uh, making out with Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera. Um, yes. Oh, did, really? Oh, yeah. It was both of them. Um, so, What? <laughs>
1: When I first I'm watched seriously that, seriously googling this on the way to work, <laughs> I, I
2: was talking on the phone to a friend of mine because back then you used to talk on the phone and watch things with mm-hmm. your friends if oh, you yes. weren't in the same room. Yep. And I just like dropped the phone. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, "Did did you just see?" And I'm like, "How can I watch that again? Oh, did, did I just miss it? Like, because I mean, we already established I was uh, obsessed with Madonna. Mm-hmm. So then seeing her like make out, like, like full-on, like, open mouth kiss, Britney Spears. But the most obnoxious thing was they cut away to a reaction shot of Justin Timberlake. Yeah. Because we have to know how men feel about everything.
1: Now, how did his boner feel about this? They might as well put a microphone in his (laughs) (laughs) hands.
2: Well, he looked, like, not amused. Yeah, he was not But when they cut away to him was right when Madonna was going in for her her kiss with Christina. So you just
3: saw the after of them, like, looking at each other and...
2: Yeah, you saw her, like, going in, but you never saw the contact between oh, her my God. and Christina. And MTV robbed us of that just to get a stupid, boring I reaction shot. I will never forgive them for that. Of Justin Timberlake. And it was, like, such, I, like, yes. I, I know I should be against, like, publicity stunt, lesbian right. kissing. But sometimes...
1: Sometimes it's hot. Yeah. Um it. I The moment that I wanted... I don't know. I was kind of looking through, like, VMA history today, and that, that is obviously the one that sticks out the most. But this is sort of related, but not VMAs, but I think at the MTV Movie awards? Oh, no, you're going to say mine. Is it the Selma Blair? No, 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 the... no this is better. <gasps> oh, okay. You I go, was yeah. thinking of, like, didn't they reenact that Cruel Intentions kiss on stage, or did I make that up in my head? They mm-hmm.
3: won Best...
1: They kiss won best. Is that what it was? I think they won
2: it? best kiss, and then maybe they they kissed on stage. Maybe they did,
1: but the cru- and then it just reminded me of the Cruel Intentions kiss. So of course, I fell into like a YouTube wormhole and watched it again because <laughs> it was like my favorite thing ever. Yeah, um, but I don't know why I thought that was a uh, sense. especially if you musicians. were a
2: Buffy fan. Yeah, that was uh, a big deal because.
1: Oh, yeah. I don't. I don't know. I, don't I also get loved Selma Blair. For Sarah, Michelle oh, well, yeah, yeah. She, Sarah Michelle Gellar. Oh well, yeah. But Sarah Michelle Geller Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. What was yours? Okay, mine was also at the movie awards, which is
3: now dive-bombing this entire this <laughs> segment. <laughs> this whole segment. Um, <laughs> but my senior year during the movie awards, I was on my senior trip, and we were in a hotel, and I turned on the, the movie awards, and Tattoo was performing. <gasps> yes. And yes, th- that was such a big deal for me, because we had their CD, like I had their I CD. And I knew- the VMAs. Well, no? everything. Oh, everything! I think they were also in the Russian VMAs, and they won a okay. Russian VMA. They yeah. like, right around that. St- the only year that they were famous. Um, mm-hmm. But like, <laughs> I had. I mean, I had songs of theirs in Russian before they released their English only one. Because I was just like, this is a precious thing. Yeah. This is an impressed. amazing thing.
1: I am impressed. You was... are. You like you have curated. All of lesbian history throughout your teen and young adult years. You know, it's really impressive. Great. Those so UCB kids first. that
3: did the, that have the Nancy Kerrigan museum, and they've turned it into like this whole thing. Do you guys know the Nancy Kerrigan? No, museum? i have not the Nancy Kerrigan museum. They did it. They they made it in the hallway of their apartment, and they just have like oh. pictures oh. and stuff. And then they also found things on eBay that were like real, like a real like. Trinkets, and yeah, stuff. and stuff, yeah. and they put that, in, and then they charge my people money to come see
2: the. I have such a crush on Nancy Kerrigan. Me too. Oh god. Oh my. So
3: yeah. then, but um, <laughs> I would love to do that, just like in a room the size of this. You can't see this podcast studio, you guys, but it's like a it's
1: very small. It's like got a got four met. by six foot yeah.
3: room. I would love to do like a lesbian museum of just like. Oh, that'd kids. be amazing. Put on these headphones. This is the Russian version of tattoo, and the <laughs> yes. like, like, look yes, over here. Yes. Yes.
1: This is the bootleg copy of The L Word mm-hmm. that I watched for the first time that had Japanese subtitles under it. Oh my gosh. Under it. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Um, and then,
3: like, here's Dusty Springfield. Did you know she was... Like, there's one where it's yeah. just like, did you know she was gay? And you have to, like, open up a box and be like, what? <laughs> and, like, shut it again. That kind of stuff. I would love to, like, curate. Uh, I think Absolutely. we're going to be making
2: a museum because yeah. I'm on board with this. Uh, <laughs> another gay VMA moment, which really shouldn't have been gay, but for some reason was also, like, a first thought, was when Michael Jackson and Lisa Marie Presley oh. made out. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Because they were just like obviously each other's beards. Oh yeah. Like, not that Mike, not that Michael Jackson was
3: yeah, gay, but he was just, but he
2: was hiding shit. Yeah. And Lisa Marie Presley, I think people thought that she was a lesbian, and and that was why yeah. she entered into it and for publicity and whatnot. And that that kiss, um, oh God. That was kiss like so so awkward <laughs> and terrible. But there was something like super queer about it. Yeah. Um. Alright, well, I think that's it for, for diking out today. Um, Sarah, do you want to plug any upcoming shows?
1: Oh. Um, I don't have any really upcoming shows I, oh, you, <laughs> Shit. sorry, i like, why do you think I have shows? No, no. Oh, Sarah.
3: Sarah. Kennedy. <laughs> Sarah Kennedy. Where can we see you? Um, well, I mean, it's hard because by the time this, like, is out, like, a bunch of them have passed. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Just because I'm only, I've, I think oh. we'll get this out Monday, maybe. Oh, that's cool. Right, well, I'll then try. come see me tonight, if it's Monday. <laughs> I'm on Side Ponytail at Friends and Lovers. Ooh, that's a good show. Yeah. I'm, Yay. Yeah, I'm very excited about it, but then also, I mean, my website is Sarah K Comedy, and I keep my calendar pretty up to date there
2: yeah check that out sarah's so funny um and uh, other Sarah, Sarah York and I, we both write for uh, the show The Box you mentioned. Um, you can find us on Facebook at We Are The Box Show or on YouTube. Look up some of our digital content, um, YouTube slash The Box Show. Uh, there is a really funny video that we recently released that Sarah wrote uh, called Brotex. <laughs> yeah, uh, was a fun one. It's a great video. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, uh, I would check that out. Um, you can go to my website, cbcomedy.com, to see uh, where I'm doing stand up and follow Diking Out on uh, social media yeah. and our website and everything. And keep listening. Uh, thanks for tuning in. And let's dike out soon.
1: Yay! Hey, Jenny, have you um, ever heard of a vampire slayer?
2: Do you mean the one girl in all the world with the strength and skill to fight the vampires, demons, and forces of darkness? I do. Oh yeah, I've heard of her. Cool. My name is Jenny Owen Youngs. And I'm Kristen Russo. And together we spent six years watching every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer one at a time, podcasting about each
0: and every one. Never seen Buffy before? We will protect you. Our podcast is spoiler free so first time viewers can listen along safely. Ever thought to
2: yourself, I wish someone was brave enough. To write an original song for every single episode of
0: Buffy. (laughs) Your search is at an end, my friend, because we did exactly that. So if you've never watched Buffy or if you're about to watch the series for
1: the 14th time, come over and join us. Our podcast is called Buffering the Vampire Slayer and you can learn more about it at BufferingCast.com. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.